Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is brought to you by The Doe Files Podcast. The Doe Files is a series out of respect for those who have managed to slip between the cracks, those who have lived through so much pain, and yet there is little closure or justice for them or their families. They are given numbers, nicknames, mainly loosely based on John or Jane Doe. They have their own Wikipedia pages and they have faces, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, we still don't know who they are. The Doe Files hopes to give these victims a voice and a chance for us to try and learn more about them and who they may be. New episodes are released every second Friday and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Find The Doe Files on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. Back to Misconduct. I'm Eileen, and joining me as always is Colleen. How you doing, Colleen? I'm really good. Uh, my roommate and I are in the process of sprucing up our apartment. We had our third roommate move out, and we're not going to replace him, so Ooh. that room is going to turn into our podcast studio. Nice. And Austin does YouTube, so it's going to kind of be like, a, I guess, a home office. Um, I, I love redecorating, but I hate painting and putting all the furniture together and everything. So I've been doing all the fun part this week. <laughs> and when all the stuff gets delivered, that will be kind of the boring part. But how are you? That sounds really fun, actually. And I'll help you paint because I love to paint. And me and Emily oh, okay, can... yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we can help you. I know you're getting a screen door and all that stuff. So I know me and Emily can help you with that. I would very much appreciate that. Thank you. But yeah, we're good. I'm just busy gearing up for CrimeCon. What, in about a week we're leaving? And... Ten days or something? I know. Yeah. Coming up quick. And we just had Jess um, co-host with Haley from Murder Road Trip. She was here in San Francisco for a few days. So that was really fun. We had a lot of fun. We went around town and got ice mm -hmm. cream. And if you ever come visit us, we just take you to our favorite restaurants. <laughs> we, so. we just go eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eat our way through San Francisco. But we have a lot of good food here. So it works out. But like you said, all good things. But with that, let's get to this week's case. This week, we are discussing the case of Joseph Condro out of Washington State. He's a convicted sex offender and murderer, but the extent of his crimes remains unknown. He got away with the murder of two young girls for years, and when he was caught, his connection to his victims was a shocking betrayal to their families. This week, we will discuss the two known victims of Joseph Condro, his crimes, and the potential victims that we don't know about. On a Wednesday afternoon in the perpetually foggy town of Longview, Washington, Rima Traxler was walking home from school. It was May 15, 1985, and the eight-year-old was no stranger to walking the three-block route that took her from St. Helens Elementary School to the house that she lived in with her mother. This particular afternoon, she was carrying home a project she had completed for her favorite class, art class. She was proud of the project, so proud that she stopped at a neighbor's house to show it off. 
After she left her neighbor's home, she only had a block to walk to her own house. Rima would never make it to her house. After her neighbor watched her leave their yard, she was never seen or heard from again. When Rima didn't make it home, her parents immediately knew something was wrong. She wasn't old enough to just go to a friend's house without asking her parents. Also, her parents had given her a password to remember. If a stranger came up to her and told her that she needed to come with them, she was supposed to ask them for the password. If they knew the password, she knew her parents sent this person. If they didn't know the password, she was not to go anywhere with them. Rima's password was unicorn. Her parents called friends and family, asking if anyone had seen Rima, growing more frantic with each call. Then, when they ran out of people to call, they reported her missing. Police initiated a massive search, but failed to turn up any meaningful leads. On May 15, 1985, Rima Traxler seemingly disappeared into thin air. On November 21, 1996, 12-year-old Kara Rudd was walking home from school with a friend. The two hadn't gotten more than a couple of blocks from Monticello Middle School in Longview when a car pulled up to the curb alongside them. Driving the Pontiac Firebird was a 38-year-old man named Joseph Condro, who Kara simply knew as Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe wasn't Kara's biological uncle, but he was one of her parents' closest friends. So when he offered her a ride, Kara didn't hesitate to hop into the passenger seat. Her friend who was left behind mentioned Condro offered to take Kara on a drive along the Columbia River, and that highway would take them west out of town. Kara didn't make it home from school that day. Kara and her friend had ditched school early, so her parents didn't realize that she was gone right away. When Kara didn't arrive home at her normally scheduled time, they started calling friends and family. It was vaguely reminiscent of the disappearance of Rima Traxler, who at that point had been missing for over 11 years. Longview Police Department had another disappearance of a young girl on their hands, ones who vanished into thin air while walking home from school. The search started right away, but there wasn't much to go on with the exception of one thing. The difference between Rima's case and Kara's case was that Kara was seen getting into Condro's car, so Condro became a person of interest and was questioned by the police. While the police investigated the disappearance, they also worked with the family to search for Kara. They searched for six weeks and turned up no sign of her. With leads drying up, Condro was looked at again. That's when police made a startling connection. Joseph Condro was good friends with Kara's parents, but he was also good friends with Rima's stepfather. In fact, the day Rima disappeared, Condro had been hanging out at her house with her stepfather. This led police to re-examine Condro and the places he frequented. Condro was known to hang out near Mount Solo off a hiking trail, so police ordered a search of the area. Searchers came across the shell of an old Volkswagen, and inside they found clothing that matched the clothes Kara was last seen wearing. Her body, badly decomposed, was found under the car. Despite the state of her body, part of it was under the car, and the cold weather helped preserve that part of her body. This allowed investigators to recover DNA evidence, and testing it showed that it matched to Joseph Condro. Now a word from this week's sponsor, The Doe Files. Hello, dear listeners. My name is Ali, 
and I'm the host of a new investigative series, The Doe Files, a series out of respect for those who have managed to slip between the cracks. Those who have lived through so much pain, and yet there was little closure or justice for them or their families. They are given numbers, nicknames, mainly loosely based on John and Jane Doe. They have their own Wikipedia pages and they have faces, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, we still don't know who they are. The Dofiles hopes to give these victims a voice and a chance for us to try and learn more about them and who they may be. The Dofiles is a production of Insight Podcast. First episode, we will learn more about Little Miss Lake Pensacoffee. Listen from March 2nd on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. After the DNA match, Condro added a murder charge to his rap sheet. Police didn't need to look for Condro when the DNA match was made because they already knew where he was. He had been in jail for the last two years waiting for trial to begin for rape charges against three girls all under 10 years old. The charges were from 1991 when Condro was accused of molesting and raping the girls repeatedly over a period of time. Like Rima and Kara, Condra knew the families of the girls, which gave him access to his victims. During their investigation, police found that the connection between Condro and the families was more than just a casual acquaintance. Rima's mother and stepfather had been friends with Condro since high school. Rima was very familiar with Condro, and when Rima's mom came to Condro's house to see if Rima was there, he let her use his phone to call 911. Kara's mother, Janet Holden, had known Joseph Condro since they were little kids. When Condro found himself without a place to live, Janet let him move into her home with her, her boyfriend, Kara, and Kara's two siblings. While it worked out at first, Condro's drinking quickly became a problem. When he was drunk, he would fly into rages. When his anger turned towards the children, Condro was quickly kicked out. Janet kicked him out after living with him for eight months and just one month before Kara vanished. So let's talk about Joseph Condro's background a little bit. He was adopted by John and Eleanor Condro when he was a baby. He was raised in a middle-class community called Castle Rock and had a fairly normal upbringing. Despite his early life being stable, Condro was a troubled kid. His childhood friends and family said he would kill small animals for fun. He also had a violent temper that got worse as he got older. As an adult, Condro began abusing drugs and alcohol. When he was using, his violence was more pronounced. But his ex-wife would say that despite his occasional temper, he oftentimes was sweet and thoughtful. She blamed his violence on the drugs he used, getting the better of him. He fathered anywhere between five to eight children, but did not support them and was not active in their lives. Condra's uncle also corroborated his seemingly dual personalities, but his uncle didn't think his good side was genuine and called him deceptive and a smooth talker. He said Condra was no good from the beginning and that he would turn on the charm to get what he wanted, but that personality never lasted long. Condra started racking up charges for drugs and domestic violence. His parents attempted to send him to rehab twice, but he didn't stay clean for long. Then he moved on to more serious charges, including auto theft, forgery, and robbery. Condor was charged with first-degree murder in the killing of Kara Rudd in 1997. 
While he was waiting for the trial to begin, he was wrapping up the rape and molestation trial stemming from his 1991 crimes. In May 1997, he was convicted of charges of first-degree child rape and first-degree child molestation. The jury deliberated for only two hours before returning a guilty verdict, and those two hours included a break for lunch. He was sentenced to 12 to 16 years in prison. However, he was awaiting a capital murder charge, meaning if he were to be found guilty, he would be lucky to avoid the death penalty. And he definitely wasn't going to get out of prison anytime soon. After spending significant time in jail... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tondro decided to talk. He told investigators he was ready to tell them what happened, and so they set up an interview. First, he confessed to murdering Kara. He said he was upset with Kara because he blamed her for Kara's mom kicking him out of her house. He saw Kara as the person who ruined his free ride and he intended to make her pay for it. Kara had come to her mom complaining about how Condro's unpredictable behavior was affecting her and her siblings. Like we mentioned, Condro had started directing his rage at the kids. The environment his toxic personality created became too much for them and their mom obviously prioritized her children over a family friend. This is where Condra's ability to act nice and charming worked to his advantage. He was planning on kidnapping and killing Kara because he was so mad at her, but he played nice, so to speak, and planned to meet up with her at her school that day. And to me, I wonder if Kara even felt like she had anything to do with him being kicked out at all. Obviously, he's an adult, so this should be an issue between himself and Kara's mother, but he clearly doesn't think and operate like a normal or rational adult. But Kara was 12, and I wonder if she's even old enough to understand the issues that the adults had. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he clearly had all of this rage directed at her, and I wonder if it was even on her radar. It makes me feel like she trusted him because he was like an uncle to her and didn't think twice about getting in the car with him. I just feel like she didn't have any idea that there was this other side to him and that he had all this rage directed at her. He told Kara he would take her to the pig farm she often liked to go to, but once she got into the car, he drove off in another direction. He drove her up a mountain road to Willow Grove, an area of Mount Solo, and took her to an abandoned building. Condra was very familiar with this area as he frequented it during his drug dealing. Condra then admitted to raping Kara before strangling her. He placed her body under the car outside the building, and it was there she was found months later by searchers. 
Then, in 1999, Condra spoke to investigators again and made another confession. He said that on May 15, 1985, he was driving to pick up more beer from a liquor store. While driving down a residential street, he saw someone he knew, eight-year-old Rima Traxler. Condra said he was drinking with Rima's stepdad that day. In fact, he'd spent most of the day with Rima's parents because they'd been friends for years. So when Rima was walking home with her art project in tow and saw Condra's car pull up, she didn't hesitate to jump into the passenger seat. He was so familiar to the girl, he wouldn't even have had to ask her for her stranger danger password to get her into the car. But according to his confession, he mentioned the password to her to lull her into a false sense of security, thinking her mother had sent Condra to pick her up. Condra didn't take Rima to her house. He says he drove her out to the Mount Solo area where he would later take care of. He promised to take her swimming in a local swimming hole she liked to visit before returning her back to her house. And she happily agreed. He says he raped and strangled Rima and buried her body under debris. The confession was a blow to Rima's family. They were old friends and Rima's mother called him when she first realized Rima was missing. He helped in the search efforts. And despite how much time had passed, Rima's mother always held out hope that Rima was still alive. Despite giving authorities a place to search in 1999, 14 years after her disappearance, Rima was never found. To this day, investigators have been unable to locate her body. Condro confessed to killing both Rima and Kara in court. His official confession took the death penalty off the table and instead put Condro in prison for an additional 55 years. He said he didn't confess because he was afraid of the death penalty, but he didn't want his children who he had never supported and, from all accounts, barely raised, to see him on death row. He said he didn't want them to have to testify against him and feel responsible for putting him on death row. After his confession, Condro started giving interviews to reporters, and these interviews pieced together a disturbing portrait of a deeply troubled person. Condro claimed that he planned the murders of Rima and Kara extensively beforehand. He said he scouted locations to take the girls and weighed the pros and cons of disposal and concealment to lessen his chance of getting caught. He also covered his tracks. He threw away shoes after each murder, and he disposed of any clothing he felt could be traced back to the girls. And after each kill, he showered. He also helped both families when they realized their children were missing. He didn't insert himself too much or bring too much attention to himself, and this allowed him to fly under the radar. He later said he concealed his involvement in Rima's murder so well that police had given up on her case altogether. With no body and no sign of the girl for a decade and a half, authorities had absolutely no leads. Condro claimed he confessed to Rima's murder because he knew it wouldn't be solved any other way. And he wanted to bring closure to her family. And Condro can claim whatever he wants, but honestly, that's not much closure. I mean, the family has confirmation of what happened to Rima, if they believe Condro. But he couldn't even get them to the location of a body. And also, he was a family friend, so that's a blow in and of itself. I do believe Condro killed Rima, but I don't believe he confessed out of the goodness of his heart, despite what he wants to claim. Condro also spoke quite a bit about his childhood and teenage years. He said he had violent fantasies, including rape and murder, for years going back to when he was a teenager. 
In high school, he designed and compiled his own rape toolkit that included things that he thought he needed to efficiently kidnap and rape women. But he said his violent sexual fantasies go back further, to when he was even younger. He was quoted saying, I'm a sociopath, a psychopath. I've done a lot of weird things. I can remember as a little kid being sexually deviant with kids in the neighborhood, and it never stopped. My victims never got older. I've been a serial child rapist since I was a child myself. Condrill also said in an interview that killing children was more of an adrenaline rush and better than any drug he had ever done. Other than that, he claimed multiple times that he didn't feel bad about what he did. Condro did claim that he became interested in religion while he was in prison. Although he was adopted into a white middle-class family, his birth parents were Chippewa. While in prison, Condro claimed that he was returning to his roots and now believed that he needed to right his wrongs in the world so he was not condemned to torture in the spirit world after he died. And I don't want to speculate on anyone's religion or why they turn to religion, but I am skeptical of Condro. He seemed to really like to give interviews to reporters where he discussed all of the awful things that he did and then claim he needed to do this to atone. And right. I just question his motives because I don't think such an awful person could change their entire worldview in such a short period of time. Exactly. I'm also skeptical of Condro's ability to change and bring closure to his victims' families because during these interviews... He made several statements alluding to more victims. Although he heavily implied there were more victims investigators didn't know about, he refused to confirm. There is one murder that is connected to Condro, but it is unknown if he is responsible. On April 20th, 1982, eight-year-old Sheila Silvernails went missing while walking to the school bus on her way to school. Her mother said that she last saw Sheila as she walked down the driveway to catch the bus. After that, she disappeared. Normally, she would walk with her older brother, but he stayed home from school that day. A search ensued, and Sheila's body was discovered, strangled, a few miles from her home. Condro and Sheila's mother, Blanche, were allegedly friends. It is suspected that he could be responsible. There is no physical evidence linking Sheila and Condro. Unfortunately for Blanche, there won't be any closure. She passed away in 2007, just a few months after the 25th anniversary of her daughter's murder. Joseph Condro spent the rest of his life in prison. Although he was not sentenced to life in prison, he was given enough years, crossed multiple sentences, that it would be highly unlikely that he would live long enough to be eligible for release. On May 3, 2012, Condro died in the Walla Walla State Prison, it was reported that he died of natural causes. He was 52 years old. So just for some final thoughts, I think it's unknown how many victims of rape and molestation Condro has. And I think the only thing we know is that there are definitely more. It's just a matter of how many. I don't know if we'll ever know the full extent of his victims. Since he's died, there's really no way to know for sure. And it's also debated whether he has more murder victims. I know he hasn't been tied to anymore, and he didn't confess to anymore, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were more because he seemed to allude to that in all those interviews. And then it's debated whether or not Sheila is a victim of Condro's. With Condro not around to confess and no evidence tying the two together, we can't say for sure. In this case, just because there is no physical evidence, that doesn't mean that he's not necessarily responsible, though. 
Right. Condra studied how to not leave evidence. So it wouldn't come as a surprise to me if he was able to get away with leaving minimal, if any, evidence. This would also be an earlier murder than Rima, meaning there were several years between Sheila and Rima going missing. So there could be more victims in that time period that no one knows about. Right. And that's really unfortunate that there's potentially unsolved murders that could have some closure and there's no way to know for sure anymore because unfortunately if there are more victims their identities died with him and that wraps up our show for this week thank you so much for listening if you have a second head on over to our facebook group to discuss this week's case we love our group and we love being able to interact with you guys so if you're not a member join and one of our mods will add you asap We love to hear your thoughts and opinions on the cases, so hop on over and let us know what you thought of today's case. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MisconductPod. We also want to give a huge shout out to the Blank Tapes for our intro and outro music. Be sure to look them up on Bandcamp to check out more of their music. And if you have a case that you would like to see covered, drop us a line. Send it over to our new email, hosts at MisconductPodcast.com, and we will see you next week. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.